yo, up, yo, Chris? Yo. What's up? Man, everything's good. How was your week, my man? It was great. Very did eventful. Did you have a good turkey day? I know it's been a while since we've been here. Yeah, I think so. I think we just killed all those leftovers. Word. I, I feel you. I, I got the <laughs> leftovers right here chilling, man. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Sonic Truth. Uh, be sure to subscribe, hit that like button. Uh, we're getting things started off here in the month of December. We got 2022 coming up, and I think this will be a good time to uh, look back on a couple of things, you know, in this year and in previous years and past. So we're going to kind of discuss our firsts of many things. And I think you mentioned earlier before we talked, there's going to be a possible giveaway that Audioscape's going to do. That's right. Yep. So let's do our first giveaway on the podcast. Why not? So stay tuned to that. We will be doing that in our festive yes. episode coming up next week. Yes. So I guess, you know, actually this past Friday, a song came out by the name of Daytona, <laughs> which is actually beautiful because, you know, our shop, Audioscape is here in Daytona area. And the song was uh, done by a group called Coast City. They're a Grammy-nominated group out of Miami. Great guys, Jean Rodriguez, Danny Flores. It's a song I co-produced and mixed. So if you want to go check that out, it's called Daytona, representing the Daytona area, even though they're in Miami. The reason why it's called Daytona is this is a first for me. We recorded this song in an Airbnb. Actually, not the song, but the album in an Airbnb. Um, of course, we've all recorded demos at our homes, you know, when the budget's tight and we can't go to a studio. But that was my first. And when I tell you, thank God for the way technology is today because we were able to capture some great moments on that. Um, and go check it out. Daytona, Coast City. It's a smash. That's awesome. No, that, you know, it's a unique thing, you know? It, it is. And for us, it was about, you know, because I'm more of a creative individual. I am an engineer, um, but I'm more of a producer. And it's about that feel, right? Trying to capture that feel in that room. And, you know, this past year was a first for me as well. My mother passed away and the guys reached out like, hey, Jay, why don't you, we're going to come up to you. You know, we know you're going through a difficult time right now. Why don't we just rent an Airbnb up by you in Port Orange, New Smyrna Beach? So we got one right on the international coastal way. Five days, 7A to midnight. We just vibed out. That's awesome. And created from scratch, eight joints, recorded. We had a Telefunken 251, John Hardy M1, LA2A. We had the Moog, um, God, it's like whatever the 10,000 Moog is, synthesizer. We each had our own Pro Tools workstation, and everybody was just bouncing ideas back and forth, and it's really cool, man. So that was my first official record done in an Airbnb. How about you? Any experience recording in the house, per se? Not, Excuse me. Uh, well... We actually did our first breakout EP. It was a home studio. Uh, mm -hmm. That it was a it was a house out in the woods, uh, much kind of like the Audioscape Workshop. Actually, yeah. you know, perhaps that's what we're trying to model here. But it was out in the woods. They completely converted this. It had vault ceilings, the you know wooded vault ceilings, and it was just um, just the best vibe. I think they converted one of the bed bedrooms into the control room. Really and, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it was. 
technically called the Fort Studio. At the that Fort? Time. Yeah. Sweet. And, and maybe we'll have Pete on one day and he can, uh, hopefully soon, we could talk some more about this. But there's a lot of, you know, musicians in the Orlando area oh, in particular yeah. that recorded at this place. And it was very special. It was, it was awesome, you know. I learned a lot. I actually, I think I stumbled upon pictures uh, recently that I took, like of like how the drum set was mic'd up and everything was was. Have to post those. Yeah, because I I definitely got some footage of uh, where we had the microphone set up in this Airbnb and it was in almost like an attic crawl space, but it sounded amazing. But again, back to that vibe, right? Especially when you're creating, I think it's important to have that vibe. So you know. So that was your first experience, and that came out nice? And this is before, oh, it came out incredible. And this is before, like, home studios were a thing. This is, like, you know, mid-2000s area before it became, you know. Strictly digital, yeah. laptop-based in a sense, portable. Almost, almost, yeah. Now it's becoming more of a professional standard, you know, so. Now, what was your first professional recording piece of equipment? Aside, I know you're a guitarist. Oh, geez. Yeah. It'd be all guitar stuff. That's, all guitar. Yeah. Okay. So what was yeah. the first guitar you purchased? Uh, I Fender Squire. Fender uh, Squire. Yeah. I had a just a Fender Squire that later on, years down the road, I like beat up and made it all steampunk for like a music video we did or something. <laughs> so it. it's, I still have the thing, but it's just in some weird state right now. Of, like <laughs> half steampunk, half like just tossed aside. But yeah, that was that was the first one. My brother actually had an earlier uh, Squire. I think they made those ones in Japan. And it was- Yeah, I remember was, those. Yes. That was actually a really solid guitar. The one I have is like a later bullet series and like the thing was hard to stay in tune. And, <laughs> you know, so that's why I got the steampunk treatment, you know, yeah, later the, on. You know, the but, first, um, I'm not a guitarist, but I did get a pig nose amp when I was in high school and I used to run that through, uh, my parents had a rock band and so I was messing around. We had an Exonic and Sonic EPS 16 plus sampler. Um, we had an ESQ one. Uh, we also had a Fender Rhodes and some other things, but you know, <laughs> it's pretty funny. And, uh, and going back to um, the first, we had the first, uh, the multi-track and it was common I would say in the mid '80s, maybe even before. I'm not that old, but you know, having multi tracks. We had a four track Porta O3 studio, which was the first thing I bought, and it was a, a cassette player. You could do four tracks, and that was the first thing I bought professionally as a multi track recording studio setup. And I was a freshman in high school, man, and I would bring all the guys over, and it was the coolest thing, bro. You can record your bass while I record my drums. And guess what? I can turn your bass up and down. And for us at the time, that was amazing. <laughs> to have man. that control. Yes. That individual control. Right. Before, yeah, I mean, I just remember having like karaoke machines and things like that, trying to record, record. in the, you know, in the 90s. And, you know, it was just, which you, good luck, you know. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I do miss, you know, at times at night in high school, listening to the radio and creating your own mixtape. Right, so you'd hear a song coming up, or the DJ would announce, "Hey, in the next hour we have uh, Nirvana coming up." I'm like, ooh, so you're one prepared because you don't have enough money, maybe at the time, to buy a CD or had a CD player, so you'd patiently wait at night and hit that record button. Yeah, and you miss the first few seconds right? of yes, the song because you because <laughs> you were always late, or they'd always blend into the song. Yeah, and you, you missed the intro of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's just some yeah. So Never that, on the downbeat, you know? Right, yeah. The editing began when we were trying to make mixtapes off cassettes. 
you know, and that's <laughs> and that's all about the first. And this will be the first tip for you to check out on the Sonic Truth. Hey guys, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that tip there, featuring the new uh, Reverb XL305R. Got some cool things you could do with that besides just using it as a reverb unit. Uh, so welcome back. We're not going to really mess with Tommy too much, but you know. He wanted to make his feature today, so we let him show up. <laughs> so in the comments section below, we'd love for you to, you know, why don't you guys go ahead and post some things about what was your first piece of equipment? Um, what was your first recording experience? Have you recorded in a home before? If so, how did that project come out? Um, I do know there has been a first, oh shit moment. We'll beep that out. I know as uh, working in the industry, I imagine you've had these oh bleep moments. Oh, doing electronics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> working on, <laughs> yeah, there's been a few. Thing. Yeah, I'll, you know. Some embarrassing moments oh, I imagine yeah. we all don't want to fess up to, but we're only human. Um, I'll share a story about the transition when everybody started using hard drives, okay? This was all relatively new for really producers and songwriters, mostly more so than engineers. And at the time I was working at Warner and we were producing an artist out in Orlando. And it was my job to come down and cut the vocals and co-write the song with the artist. We spent a week in the studio. The manager was there. The manager forked over a good amount of money for it. Everybody was pleased, happy with the outcome. Get back to Atlanta. We're scheduled to come back to town the following Monday. We contact the recording studio to let them know, hey, need to schedule some time for Monday. They said, we have a slight problem. Yeah, what's the problem? The data on the hard drives, they were erased. <laughs> and when you <laughs> want to put the, leg, the tail between the legs, per se, I tell you, that was an oh shit moment because it was my responsibility. But at the end of the day, it wasn't my fault. Um, so thankfully, they were able to bring in a computer guru who saved the data. Oh. But there was a period of 12 hours where that deal was dead in the water. It went from Warner wanting to sign the artist, putting money up for the studio, flying everybody in from out of town, thousands were spent, to we're no longer doing the deal. Yeah, don't have a product. Yeah. We had that happen with one of our albums. Uh, power supply was like applied. It was like the wrong power supply yeah. was applied to the hard drive, just tanked it. Ooh. So we had to, you know, turn it into a specialist. They were able to recover the they data. They were able to recover that. Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah, still, I think in the end, the hard drive still got lost somewhere in the show. Totally. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. lesson learned from that moment forward. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many backups of backups I have. And thankfully for the cloud, but you know, people, please back up your stuff. Oh you know, yeah, you still gotta have a hard backup. Vital. Yeah, so vital. You just never know. Um, but yeah, that was my first oh shit moment, and yeah. it's um, never has happened again. <laughs> I can tell Not you that. Not that particular way. <laughs> Not that particular way. Absolutely, <laughs> that has been lost, but not yeah. by that method. Yeah, I once, you know, first starting out, wired. Uh, hot to where the ground should go on an, on a case so basically i wired the wall to the case so when i touched the case i was just touching 
the wall and shocking myself. <laughs> like, why is this happening? Yeah. I wired it upside down. And that was probably one of the dumbest things I've ever done, you know? <laughs> we, Lessons learned, yeah. man. Yeah. So, <laughs> one of them. One of many. And, and there's going to be many more to come, too, you know? And that's exciting times. But again, everybody share with us your first moments. You know, we're, we're anxious to hear that. And, you know, Audioscape is going to be doing our first giveaway in the new year. And in order to explain to them how they qualify for that. Well, basically just let us know in the comments, you know, when we do the post that you've subscribed to the Sonic Truth podcast and you're entered in. And then we'll have our operations manager who usually does our giveaway raffles, you know, he'll draw the name and we'll film it and it'll be on one of the episodes. Yes. And we'll definitely keep you tuned as that will be approaching very soon. Any idea on what you're going to give away yet, or is that still no. thought and process? No, I think I think I think people should decide what I they think want. So too, yeah, that's I a think, good idea. I think we should maybe have some polls, see what people think. You know, good. throw up some options, whatever. You know, I know it's tough because supply is really low. So I think it'd be cool to just have a giveaway where you know there's a different way to get some of the stuff because it does sell pretty quick. Pretty quick. So yeah, um, which we're working on. You know, absolutely. And, you know, please understand the supply, you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, people are cool. They, they understand that, you know, there is a finite number. I I know uh, sometimes people get upset if something gets pulled out of their car. It's like they're going shopping down the the lane and somebody pulls your favorite snack out of your shopping cart and (laughs) it's gone, you know, but we, we are trying to make sure we get a good steady supply for 2022 going so we can maybe open things up and take orders for a while and you know and also be able to to still deliver in in a fast manner you know absolutely and i believe you will you know and it's you know the whole world's going through it right now it's not you guys oh definitely you know even multi-billion dollar companies are having difficult times getting products oh yeah the the chip shortage is just it's that's yeah i mean bus comps that's why we moved to a pre-order model like every you know couple weeks on those because we just can't tell when we're going to get the chips you know it's very true so you know so that this past year has been a first for many as well when it comes to supply chain issues oh definitely (laughs) you know first for lots of overnight shipments definitely (laughs) the first (laughs) so back to the first of many um let's go like for me uh let's go to what was your first like major was there a breaking point you know i mean everybody would always say you know, your career just grows as it grows. There's not that definitive breaking point. But there are certain points that you look back on as you go, and you're like, you know what? That was a moment that made a difference in my career. That was huge, you know. You know, so the first for me was I was, after I graduated, graduated from Full Sail, I opened a studio called Sabrosa Studio back then in 1996. And we'll show some pictures of that. And it was a Tascam 32M2600 console, had four D88s. And the first, I had to call my boy up because I had like 2,500 left over on a budget, right? And it was, I had already spent 10,000 between the D88s and the console and all the cabling. Called my boy up and it was Gary Platt, co-founder of Folsom. I'm like, Gary, I got 2,500 bones, man. I need something to put on my master channel. Can you help me out here? He's like, well, I tell you to get the LA-2A, but you need two of those. There goes that idea. He goes, I got TC Electronics just came out with a new thing. It's called the Finalizer. Just go pick it up, man. And you know what? I still have that thing 20-something years later. Still kicking it, huh? Still kicking it. 
Yeah. And it's, yeah, it has some cool sounds, but again, it's like one of those first items that made a difference for me in my sound. People came to the studio like, oh, you have digital, you could do 32 tracks, you have a 32-track console, you have busing. I did have an oral exciter, that was cool. Had a couple of other things, but it was that finalizer, that first thing that really made a difference in my sound. Gotta you can hear it on that. the final product. Yeah. yeah. Where it made the listener go, wow, put that on there. Wow, put that on there. You know, it's like everybody putting the L2 on the things now, but it was my L2 back then. So was there a piece of equipment or a moment in your career like that kind of, you know, made me realize I'm doing something that I enjoy that's making a difference for somebody? <sighs> there's like i know there's hundreds uh, yeah exactly there's hundreds hard. especially when you love gear i've you know been into music equipment since i was like 14 years old so it's yeah. just like you know my first marshall stack you know as a guitar player or the first fuzz pe pedal i built or you know um first recording equipment you know i got was geez I, a lot of it was built you know just couldn't afford it so yeah. i just started building the stuff like crazy um but yeah, I mean, the first time hand-wired, like in LA-2A, you know, and with vintage iron, it's just mind-blown, you know? Completely. Yeah, like... That's so cool. You know, I'll tell you a first in which you and I have worked in the studio, gosh, this was 2004, three, I think it was in Orlando, and this was a first for me. We were in the control room, and I don't know if you remember this, I shared this with you a while ago, probably don't remember and as a producer <laughs> i always hired out mix engineers at the time okay because i kind of stepped away from mix engineering now it was more production hands-on well yeah you're married to the project and you yes. don't want to you know you've Get already been too deep into it too deep into the production side of things so we brought in a good friend of ours ben arendelle who's a multi-grammy winning engineer super cool guy up in uh vermont now yeah he's in, in a vermont. place real yeah. cool spot but at the time you had walked up to me into the studio, and we were using on your guitar, I think it was, I want to say the Lexicon 224 delay unit or reverb unit. I can't remember the damn model number. But you're like, I don't want that reverb. I don't want that delay on my guitar. And I turn to you, I'm like, bro, a delay is a delay. Don't worry about it. We know what the fuck we're doing. And you and you broke down. You're like, no, Jay, I want this. And I can't remember the delay was. But you told me specifically the reason why, and it had something to do with this mono dimension that it was giving your guitar. And Ben looked at me, he goes, just give it to him. And we put it on there, and the shit sounded dope. And that was the first, for me, an actual artist cared enough about went on beyond just the song. Too many artists go in, they record a song, does this sound good enough? Is it cool? All right, cool, thanks, have a good one. There are only a select artist that I've worked with throughout my career that care about so much that what type of delay is being used not a quarter or eighth note delay but what type of delay units is being used yeah I'm so a, kudos to you that you know definitely because yeah, for me that was books awesome. when i go into the studio i remember to, for sessions where there's just pages and pages full of like okay this song is gonna have like you know this delay on you know this time delay on this particular part and this it was like very well thought out like before i because when you go in to a studio back then it's not like a home studio you you only you have that crunched. time true yeah. so like you want to make the most out of your your coin you know that yeah. you're spending so so that was the first for me even though i've already been working maybe at that time eight nine years in studios it always been the artist came in like yeah it sounds good maybe turn me up or down a little bit but not as in depth as you went into it you know so in turn, man, that's why you create a good product, bro, because you care about it. 
You That's know, so care hey, factor is kudos everything. to you on oh. that for real. <laughs> But that's important, right? The passion has to be there. And I believe, you know, the product, the song, everything will be reflected on the passion that comes out of here that's put into it. It's there. always, yeah, you know, the, first of all, the, you know, the pieces that make the equipment is, that's extremely important, but it's always, it's the people, you yeah. know, it really is like so many people are like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to sound like this person. And it's like, that person sounds like that person because they're that person, Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, True. it's so, it's, it only goes so far, you know, and, but it's, it is extremely important to have the right proper tools yeah. to do the job, you know, that are going to be reliable and they're going to, they're going to do the job. You know, in sometimes you can have too many tools, right? Oh, yeah. You can have an absorbent where you're doing too much to it. Let's go back to that port of three studio where actually the port of 244 or 422, Forgive me, I think it was the 244, the Tascam. I do dyslexic stuff like that. Right, too. all right. So, <laughs> where it's just. If you research, it's still available. You could buy $4,000. But I do know Wu Tang's 36 Chambers debut album was mixed on that one. I know my boy John from Chili Peppers. First, I'm a murderer's last name. Oh, time. John Fashante? Yes. Yeah. His first two solo records were done on that. You know, it's sometimes less is more, right? So that's why when, you know, as a producer, a lot of times when a song <clears throat> comes to me, whether I'm writing it, co-writing it with the person or they're sending it to me for a production, more times than not, I'm going to take away some of the stuff that's there, right? Because a lot of times musicians, they hear so many spots that could be filled. Let's fill that empty spot. Fill every single Let's little hole. That. Yeah. And then it's just becomes a cluttered mess. It's like, yeah. where'd the song go? Right. You know, so... For people out there that are musicians, producers, want to be producers, you know, it's important to let the song breathe. A song will have a life, you know, and sometimes if you suffocate it, the song yeah. itself will just go away and it'll be nothing. And that's that's what's the toughest, like what you're talking about, getting someone to actually mix after you've produced something yeah. because you become attached to all these little individual parts. And that's then you true. need somebody to just come in with fresh ears and a fresh vision a lot of times to just take take that stuff out yeah and you know and not be afraid like oh you know yeah, there's like too a, many because if you're aware of how everything was recorded if you were there when the song was first written yeah you've made all these memories that are like yeah attached and, to it yeah and that again that's where the song's like quit suffocating me man pass me to somebody else and that's okay to do that some people i've been a accused of doing the same where I hold on to my songs and I'm like, I don't want them changed. I yeah, don't, but. and then they, yeah, it becomes like a Chinese democracy album that never gets right. released. You know? <laughs> Thank and, you. And it just... <laughs> Axel. Yeah, you know. Exactly. That's a first. <laughs> so. <laughs> so again, everybody, if you could, please subscribe, comment below, let us know about your firsts. Um, there's going to be many more stories to tell. But do be sure to check us the next episode where we will be doing our first giveaway for Audioscape. That's right. And that will feature Sean, the product manager. Is that correct? He's our operations Operations manager. manager. Ooh, sorry, Sean. He's the op manager, and he will be giving away a fancy piece of equipment from Audioscape. Yes, he will. We'll be having our Festivus episode because that's what we celebrate Absolutely. here at Audioscape. So. And we'll be premiering a lot of the staff here at Audioscape as well. And getting to learn some of the members who work here that help make yeah, this gear. Exactly. So thank you everybody for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, hit that like button. And in the meantime, have a creative day. Peace.